Good evening, and welcome back to the Diz Dads Podcast Plus. I'm your host, Aaron Ripmaster, and with me tonight in the Man Cave to record episode 37 are my faithful co-hosts, Tim Hicks. I've set my laser from stun to kill. <laughs> and Willie Crocker. Hey guys, welcome back. Goodness, what did I do this time, Tim? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you left your Bluetooth speaker thing. Never mind. <laughs> so this week, today is October 20th, and we just felt like there's been a pretty good little bubble here of, of news and rumor from Disney Parks and Disney Cruise Line, all those good good places. So we're going to do a good old-fashioned news and rumor report uh, that'll come out shortly after we record this. So uh, we'll get to that news and rumor fun here in just a minute, but first we do need to give a quick shout out to our podcast sponsors. First, our travel sponsors, uh, Mouse Master Travel and Wicked Mouse Travel. Both of them are authorized Disney vacation planners who would love to help your family with your next Disney destination vacation. You can check out each of them at their respective websites at wickedmousetravel.com and MouseMasterTravel.com. And of course, we're still uh, sponsored by our good friends at Kingdom Strollers. Next time you're headed to Orlando with a little one, consider renting from uh, Kingdom Stroller, Orlando's premium stroller and crib rental vendor. Uh, solid products that will make your experience traveling with a little one just a lot easier when you're in the parks and around the parks and even in your room, because they've got things like cribs and bed rails to make sure that you've got things that'll keep you comfortable, that your kid is comfortable. And really that's what's important. Okay, guys, um, we haven't done one of these in quite a while, uh, but there's finally been kind of a, a bit of news. We got some news because there was a, a Disney earnings call at the very beginning of October. So we got some information that came out you know, because they have to keep shareholders informed. Uh, and then just within the last week or so, we got some additional information from the state of California that was relevant to uh, Disneyland's plans. And it just seems that the, the rumor mills have started churning again on the backside of that uh, investors call, you know, at the end of the, at the, I guess, beginning of the new fiscal year for, for Disney, right? Totally. I mean, there are so many moving parts and not moving parts that are really going to change the landscape of what Walt Disney World and Disneyland look like over the next 18 to 24 months, I believe. Well, and they've had to really uh, make some pivots, if I can use that term. It's kind of getting old, but, you know, with coronavirus and having to, you know, shut down operations for a significant amount of time and uh, cruise line obviously still not back up and running as well as other parts. 
um, there's a lot of changes that were made necessary that they didn't see at the beginning of the last fiscal year. Well, exactly, because it seems to me that there are really at least sort of three or four different things going on at the same time here. One is that, uh, particularly in the case of the cruise line, you know, they're impacted by third parties. There's a backup because, you know, build ships for lots of cruise lines and Disney Wish is near the top of the list, but I think there's at least two ships that are in front of them. So they they can't, I mean, physically, there's not a way when you get ships that big, you know, the, you've got to be able to move them to the right place to do that next piece of work. So, um, you know, they're impacted by, by an external force. You've got the impact of sort of the existing, you know, coronavirus practices that they can do and, and those limitations on, on what they can do during coronavirus. And then you have that third piece, which is the, you know, the, the impact, the fallout from the, the having to deal with coronavirus now, right? Because not only is there an immediate impact, but that impact then affects budget. It affects what's happening in parks. It affects all kinds of things on down the road. And so all those things are converging now and we're starting to get bits and pieces at least of what the, what the, what that's going to look like on the other side. Right. Six months later, everything is uh, starting to, yeah, it's starting to come to a head, and it's going to have a long tail too. Right, right. So let's a really long tail. <laughs> well, let's let's start with the cruise line because I think that's the one where, frankly, the the uh, news is fairly limited, and you know we we kind of um, you know no, nothing new on Lighthouse Point. They're, they haven't been able to do, as far as I know, any further work on it. Uh, you know, the Bahamas is open, but still a, a little precarious. So I, I don't even know that they're doing any construction at, at Lighthouse Point at all right now. Um, but we did get this week the release of the early 2022 uh, Disney Cruise Line cruise itineraries. And we'd all expected, they'd been telling us since, gosh, D23 last year that uh, we'd be seeing Disney Wish itineraries at the beginning of 2022. Not happening. Not happening. But I did jump right in there, you know, and got mine as soon as the, the, well, there the you itineraries go. came out. So, yeah, lower prices. Yes, like a good travel agent. Like yep. a good travel agent, Tim took care of his 2022 cruise looking down the road and securing the that opening yeah. week price. Um, We're going to just see if that holds out. There you go. Um, but but no Disney Wish, and we didn't get a really clear picture of when we might expect it. I mean, all they told us was that it wasn't going to be included in this round of itineraries, which takes us really pretty much through um, like the middle of May at least, right? The longer cruises, it covers all the way to the, to the end of May, but um, the shorter uh, dream and um, uh, magic cruises are only through like the middle of May. So um, that then gets us to the question of, okay, it's not going to float out in January. So there are maybe two options here. It might float out between January and May and just kind of hang out waiting, right, for its opportunity to debut. It might debut, you know, 
shortly before the end of May, right? So that it could be included as part of the next block of itineraries that would come out in what, probably February. Um, or, yeah, at the earliest, right? You know, or it could push back. I could see it pushing back as much as a, a full year, right? And maybe not even coming out until you know twenty twenty three, because this is a combination of the backup at the shipyard and you know, what, what's happening at Disney. So let's play a game here and let's, let's do it this way. Let's call this one an over under and, um, is Disney wish going to welcome passengers? So not just hit the water, but actually have passengers. Um, before, and let's call it, um, August, uh, let's make summer. So, uh, uh, June 1st, 2022. Absolutely not. Okay. You say no way. Disney, no way. Disney is known for saying the word summer and we all know summer ends on September 21st, 22nd. That first sailing will be like September 18th or 19th. If they hit summer. Okay. Tim, do you agree with Willie? I do not agree with Willie, actually. Uh, I don't see that uh, welcoming passengers until summer 2023. Wow. So you have it delayed more than a year total. Well, because think about it. They've still got to finish working on Lighthouse Point, too, unless they you know, want to make space at, uh, um, at Castaway Key. And I don't know that that's really feasible. All right. That's an interesting point. Um, I actually think that they're going to get – Disney wish into the water. I think that they'll at least, I, I think they'll be doing preview cruises Memorial day weekend. And the reason I think they're going to do it is that that's the most popular cruise time and their capacity is going to be restricted. They've only got four ships right now, which means they can only take so many passengers. And in some ways, I don't want to say it this way because I don't want to make it sound like Disney's cheering for it. But in some ways, the fallout from coronavirus makes the introduction of this fifth, fifth ship a little bit easier for Disney, right? Because if they've if they're having to restrict capacity, that then if if cruisers buy, you know, if if everything plays out as we're expecting it to, right, that that we'll have a vaccine sometime middle of of 2021, then by 2022, you know, the the majority of folks are going to be comfortable with cruising again, but cruises are still going to be operating under, you know, probably not as tight, but tighter uh, capacity controls. Disney needs a, needs to be in a position to accept as many bodies as they can be, you know, as the CDC will allow them to, as soon as the CDC will allow them to. I also think it will look like a good point in Disney's, like, MO as, look, we're hiring. We're bringing people back. We're, we have the fifth ship now. We just brought on another 2,000 employees Look what we're doing, and it's only going to be a positive spin that <laughs> needs to be done because the negatives right now are not 
course, yeah. a lot of those employees are not U.S. based. But well, still. but but it, it means another shift at the cruise terminal. It means yep. another, it you know, another shift doing baggage handling at MCO. It, it, it's got the, it's got the echo buses, effects. Uh, you know, yep. So I, I think. Uh, Again, assuming everything else lines up, I think they push it hard. They do the the preview cruises because they always do, you know, at least two or three preview cruises. There's one that's all media. There's usually one that's travel trade. And then often there's a third that's kind of a mix and it's, it's you know, travel trade and media and, and VIPs and, and um you know, lucky employees kind of thing. It's their, their last shakeout cruise usually is that mix. Um so I would expect that they'd be doing those, you know, around Memorial Day weekend and into into maybe early June, so that they're ready to welcome as many passengers as they can put on that boat, starting with summer vacation 2023. I mean, well, let me uh, do the math. It's 22 months away. 20, you know, I mean, maybe I'm wrong by a little bit, but you know, by June 2022, if we don't have a something on this we could be really in for a lot of other changes in the world right right i mean and and i i fully expect that we'll have a handle on it and they may who knows maybe they'll decide that cruises cruises can go back to you know their former capacity but everything that i see so far says that you know 70 percent or whatever's the yeah i mean whatever they've been doing and and to be fair Disney always had a better space ratio than, you know, Norwegian or Royal Caribbean. So they probably don't have to reduce capacity as much on their big ships as, as some of the others do. Um, there's still going to be things that they have to change. And we've talked about those on other shows about buffets and about, you know, um, public spaces, you you know, reducing concentrations of people and things like that. But, um, I mean, I, I just think the bottom line is that they're going to want that on the water as as quick as is humanly possible because they need the revenue generator. Well, let me throw a twist on you there. Um, knowing that the Wish is a bigger ship and is more fuel efficient, do you suppose there's a possibility that they will dry dock one of the other ships in favor of the Wish and only still have four uh, floating at, 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 at the time that the Wish comes out? No. <laughs> I don't think there's any chance because Too remember much money being made on those boats. Well, and here's the other thing that, that it's easy to well, forget. Summer is actually the time of year that Disney puts the least pressure on Castaway Key, ironically, because, really? well, because the wonder is off in Alaska and the magic is off in Europe. Yep. So we've only got the dream and the, the fantasy, and the fantasy that are visiting. So, okay, so they're just bouncing back and forth. Right. So, There's you know, it takes, it'll take some careful coordinating, are. but it, it shouldn't be that much of a burden. It, it actually would be harder in the fall when there are already three ships that are sitting there waiting. Yeah. You know, trying to fit in and take their turn at Castaway Key. So that to me also, suggest that summer makes it easier and i think that's why they went to the hawaii more hawaii cruise with things because they need to keep that boat on the other coast right oh right yeah basically gives them about another two weeks on the west coast who, who says they don't add two more you know 
Oh, no, no, no. I don't. Well, I don't think they can because they need to start their Alaska season because they've got a year's worth of Alaska passengers that are backed up and wanting to get on those Alaska cruises. No, no, no. At the end of the year, after you do Alaska, you could do Hawaii a couple times. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. On the way back, they could hit. They could do Hawaii. You know, you you pull that. Interesting. Four weeks off of Castaway Key again. Right, right. I see what you're saying. That makes some sense. All right. Uh, no, those are good points. And, and we've talked a little bit in the past about, you know, speculating on, on routes and maybe we'll circle back to that again here in a couple of months as, as, uh, we get closer to those. But, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it comes out. Um, you know, so far I'm the only one who is, is thinking that we're really going to have a ship carrying passengers summer 2023. W- Willie sounds like he thinks we're going to be you know, into fall before we bring him out. And uh, Tim is thinking it'll be a full year later, uh, mostly because uh, they'll want to be ready to roll at Lighthouse Point, right? Right. You're, you know, you just said 2023. Did you mean 2022? Because I said 2023. No, no, no. I said, I said, I thought you were saying 2023. I was saying 2023. Yeah. Yes. But right. You guys, you, you two are. We were both talking 2022. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I I think it will it will float with U.S. passengers in 2022. I'm just the reason I said it is just looking at the tra- the trajectory of the virus and the fact that it you know shut we're we're six seven months into it already so you've got that you know that back of, of passengers and then we still don't have a vaccine and there are a lot of people like me who will not go on a boat until a vaccine a, a, ter- a reputable vaccine is available out there so that's what you don't want a sputnik <laughs> uh, uh no comrade <laughs> okay um so you know interesting that the, the topic that i thought was going to be the quick easy one we, we dig into right away but i mean this is this is the issue right is that there's so much uncertainty um, let's go ahead and move inland from, uh, Disney Cruise Line for a minute and maybe start looking at some of the, the news and rumor items that have come up at Walt Disney World. Um, and there's a lot because frankly, there's been a lot of, you know, projects in process at Walt Disney World. They've got a 50th anniversary that is now less than a year away. And I think, at this point, you know, I mean, we speculated about it not too long ago, but who knows what a 50th anniversary is going to look like. Um, I don't know. Uh, Willie, you want to take a stab at, at one of the uh, Walt Disney World, introducing a, a Walt Disney World rumor or a bit of news, either one? The first one I think of is Tron Light Cycle. I do not think it will open in 2021 at all. I think because of social distancing and everything, there's no way they can do a full-on media press and get enough people who want to see this ride that a lot of people already know what the ride is and want to ride this ride. I think they're going to delay this thing as long as they can to make sure when it opens, it's like the biggest hit at Magic Kingdom since Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. 
Okay, so you're when you say it's not going to open 2021, um, we'll, we'll go around. We'll come back around and get your prediction yeah. for when. So, uh, Tim, you know, Willie's prediction is Tron doesn't get open at all during the 2021 calendar year. Do you agree? Uh, no, I think it will. Okay. I think it will. So talk they, about why. Well, they've continued working on it. I've been watching the videos of, you know, the different pieces that they're putting in and getting the – you know, the whole uh, queue space, the whole bit, you know, all done up. So I don't think they're slowing down on that. Well, so I guess it's my turn that the most recent rumor that I'm seeing says, you're right, they're moving ahead now, but what they're doing is getting the shell in place. And and if you think about it, Disney has done this on other attractions. Um, notably, I think that the, the kind of uh, – progress worked similarly when they were working on um, Avatar in Animal Kingdom, right? The the They completed the shell, and then they ended up taking a lot longer than we all thought they would to finish up what was inside. Um, what I'm seeing are rumors that once that external shell is done, they're going to suspend work on it for a while because, frankly, there's so much other stuff demanding their attention and you know, trying to keep chains on the budget. So what that would mean is, you know, the shell is in place, the rest is is dressing that can be done on whatever timetable they decide to do it. They just have to start their own bodies at it. So they'll pull those folks off of Tron and probably send them over to Epcot to work on something there. Yeah, I think you just named off the deciding factor, the almighty dollar. Yeah. Because, um, yeah. It's well, it, and like you said, we're at the beginning of their fiscal year, so a new budget and that budget is slashed, so. I, th- I think we you I think you may be right there. We may be seeing the fallout of that. All right. So Willie, if it doesn't open in twenty twenty one, when do you think it is gonna open? Give give us a range. What season? Memorial Day weekend twenty twenty two. Okay. To break off the summer season. We will have had enough party of the fiftieth anniversary, you know, because there's people that are just lining up to get there for the fiftieth. And then they could have all of, you know, basically, you know, November, December, January, February, March, April, May. And then they blow up the summer season with just Tron is the summer ride. And it's going to have to be something huge because, well, we've had some bad years and we (laughs) need to have something big. Okay. All right. So Memorial Day 2020, uh, it sounds like a reasonable target. I, I hear what you're saying there. And, you know, they've done that kind of thing before. They've done the, the 24-hour day on over Memorial Day weekend and things like that. Then. Yeah. So um, you think they stick with that and they, they roll out Tron for that. Uh, Tim, what do you think? Is it going to come sooner than Willie thinks or later? Well, having uh, rethought my idea, my, my thoughts on it because of budgeting uh, purposes, I would say soft opening – during spring break 2022 official opening memorial weekend okay so you have it starting to get open maybe around april somewhere yeah Yeah, that gives them a a month month and a half to work out kinks and then you know ready to go full tilt bozo on memorial day weekend all right because i'm thinking like what are those lines going to be like like the queue in tomorrowland it literally could go it could go to haunted mansion for all we know, well, they may not let them though. But well, you know what I'm saying, like, right? Right. 
And, and, then, and then we get into the whole, are they going to try and use boarding passes like they've been oh, doing it? Oh, God, here we you go. You know, Ooh. I mean, or some other kind of queueless system. Because frankly, that's the biggest thing to me that's come out of this is it emphasizes how badly Disney needs a true queueless system of some kind that they can roll out at least in certain circumstances. Um, cause their, their boarding pass system and the no fast passes at all system that they're basically working with now. Um, I mean, it's not like the line, the waits are any longer. It's the, the, it, it's the queuing. It's the people standing around in lines. That's the problem. Right. And if, if the, if the conditions are that we have to maintain social distancing, even that far out into the future, then it makes sense that, you know, um, only this number of people can enter the queue at yeah. a time. Well, it's also going to limit the amount of people in the park, which is going to which totally balances change. it the other way. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, which which they're doing with the the park reservations, right? Which is great, except Magic Kingdom's a lot bigger than Hollywood Studios. It is, but now now this is is very interesting to me because it's dawning on me that. You know, one of the bits of news that's come out in the last week or so is a confirmation that park reservation system is expected to remain in place into 2022. So I think it's here for the long haul. Well, I, I, I'm not sure how long haul, but I, I will say this. I think I agree that it's in, that it's going to be there at least through the anniversary celebration because I think that they see the park reservation system as their tool to help them manage, you know, both the increasing size of crowds because of the anniversary demand, but still make, you know, keeping things safe because, you know, even, even post vaccine, they're still going to want to be cautious. Well, here, here's your number one question to answer. When has Disney ever pulled off such an amazing quick IT thing? that they did with this system. And I'm not making fun of them, but this thing had been in the works for a long time because it works. Yeah. I've heard people say that, you know, that's probably somewhat true, but on the other hand, realistically, it's not really much different. I mean, it's essentially an iteration of the fast pass system that's already in place. Right. And it's simpler because you don't have to worry about multiple reservations per person. Each person gets one. But, but it still has to be annual pass. It has to be. Oh, I understand that. It still has to access all the different databases. And I don't disagree with that, but I, I, I'm, I'm not as blown away by the speed of deployment because it does feel to me like, you know, it's one of those things where, yes, it's impressive, but it looks to me like an implementation of something they already figured out how to do. <laughs> Right. They figured out how to do it for fast passes. And so it was a matter of lifting code and plugging it in, in a different location. And that's not trivial, but it's not it's never just lift and shift, but right. Right. But I, I, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. So but, it, but it's not the basis. There. Right. Right. It's not trivial, but it wasn't something they had to come up with from scratch. Um, and I, I you know, I don't think it would have been nearly as smooth <laughs> if it had to be something from scratch. Well, it also helped that, none of the parks were open while they introduced it. That's true. So, you yeah, know, it that helps a lot dropped in our lap three days before free dining or right. Right. 
things like that. And they did make it easy on themselves because they they not only were the were things not open, but they they shut off the valves, right? They were they weren't selling any park tickets. So, you know, exactly. the system, so they had, they had I mean, it, it, the system was as closed down and quiet for a long period of time as it's ever been, ever. And maybe ever again. Right. Correct. Exactly. Um, well, here's my thinking. Um, I, I think, I think that Willie's prediction may even be a little optimistic. Um, I think they might hold it a little longer. And the only reason is that, I think that there's a lot of pressure to get Epcot open first, and there's a lot of focus on, you know, they want Epcot to be the central focus point for the 50th anniversary celebration. Um, that's that's the core of the 50th celebration is Epcot, and it has been from day one. So if that's the case, I think they're going to put the money there first, and I think that if they hold Tron a little bit longer— it will allow them to better sort of stretch out the anniversary celebration because as it is like usually they would they would start an anniversary celebration like this about 6 months before the actual anniversary but that's not going to happen they want to wait to start this thing as long as they can so that capacities can be increased as much as they're going to be able to so if they don't start celebrating till october 1 that means that you know, the celebration itself is probably going to go to what, you know, uh, yeah, probably to the beginning of 2024. I would say 2023 at the least, because remember Epcot's 40th anniversary is 2022. Right. Right. And then we open who else? There's another anniversary coming up right after that. Um, yeah. But they, they've, they've downplayed individual park, um, anniversaries. They, they downplay it all they can, but when they need to right. upplay it, they're going to upplay it. Sure, you know, sure. All of a sudden, it's Animal Kingdom's 30th anniversary. They're going to blow that thing up as much as they can to get you over there. Right, right. I see what you're saying. Yeah, they need an excuse to get people there. They will. Right. My point is just that it's a matter of supply and demand. You know, there's only so much money that's available now. So if they're going to pour it into Epcot first, get as much as they can get done in Epcot, and then they can use things like opening Tron to, you know, kind of accommodate an ongoing celebration and kind of keep that festive atmosphere going beyond, you know, October, November, right? Because they'll have the big October, November celebration, then we'll have holiday season, and then you know, January, February, they're going to need something there. But I think January, February, they're not going to be ready to, to move away from Epcot yet, right? They're still going to want to focus there. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's still possible. I still, I, I see the logic of of May. Um, I just feel like for a, a holiday celebration, if Epcot is supposed to be the centerpiece, they're going to want attention to be on Epcot for the summer. The other thing they could do and I have a feeling it's going to be dragged out a lot too. Is Splash Mountain's getting redone? So, you know, why not make two rides, two different sides of the parks? We're going to reopen these in 2023 or, you know, end of 2022. We have a new ride on both sides of the park after we've, as you said, celebrated as much as we can at Epcot. 
now bring you to the Magic Kingdom. While the Magic Kingdom's doing this, you start creating a next event over at another park. To because Hollywood Studios is o- overdone. Like everyone's already going there. Like, right, right. Yeah, and they need things to pull people back away now. Right. For right. years, they were trying to pull people into the studios, and now right. they need now to. Now they can't keep out people out of the studios, yeah. and now they need to get people in Animal Kingdom and Epcot, and you can't get them yeah, in anywhere right. else. Exactly. Right. Um, so all right. So double dip with two rides. All right, so just to to loop this through and knock you know nail something down, Willie says end of May twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two. Okay, Willie says end of May twenty twenty two. Tim says I'm going to go with Willie on this one. Okay, he's going to agree with Willie. I'm going to say they wait a little longer and it'll be more like you know. August, September, 2022. So they're going to go into the slow season to bring in kind of like what they did with galaxy's edge. Right. Yeah. Big complex, new ride. Let's bring it in slow, blow up and bring them in in April, August and September. Right. So that at the holiday season of 2022, the place is completely jam packed. And we already know how to handle it. Correct. I mean, basically, it lets them use, uh, you know, September, October, or August, September for their their you know soft opening. Mistakes. Right. It's it's right, the right. the those active two months, but not with the massive crowds, and it gives people a reason to keep coming, right? Because what they yes. want to avoid are the people who you know having twenty percent of the annual crowd all coming in the same two-week period, right? So they don't need a magnet to draw people during right. vacation. You keep dangling that carrot. Yeah. That's what it is. I mean, right. it's like, how do you get them to come back in April? Oh, you da- you dangle the Tron for August. There you go. That's what I'm saying. Yep. Yeah. That's how you get them right. there in the fall. Um, all right. So, Tim, pick a, a Walt Disney World rumor that you want to chat on. All right. The harmonious uh, fireworks show that was supposed to start in 2020 at Epcot. Hey, it's already the end of October. I say it's not going until 2021. Uh, you're going to give us a month? Um, I'm going to go with Memorial Day. Okay, so we're back Memorial to uh, uh, that, that summer holiday time. Tim says harmonious debuts. Uh, Memorial Day weekend, 2021. Uh, what do you think, Willie? I think it debuts probably within the next six to eight weeks. Oh, you think so? You think it's I out do. for the holidays? I think it is. I think they're going to try to bring back fireworks. And Epcot's the only park that you can do fireworks and socially distance in at Disney World. As long as you're controlling the population, you certainly can. Yep. I think there's no other park that you could pull this off at. Well, now, see, that's an interesting thought. Um, although I would disagree, I would think that the easier park, the easiest place to do fireworks and maintain social distancing would actually be the studios because you could use the Fantasmic Stadium and actually have the, you know, the seating spaces marked off clearly. But you can you have a 1.2 miles of circle and you have all of the back area towards, um, 
Oh, I understand that. Uh, I'm just saying that birth. once the lights go off, how do you control people from scooting around? Right. Everybody's right. That's in. my concern. You want the better view. Yeah. Right. But I mean, if you're going to pull it off, you're going to have to pull it off at the largest. Right. Well, that, that argument is a, a reasonable point. Um, I, I think, I, I think they're, they're going to stall. I, I think that they don't want that on their, they don't want that to be their burden. Right. They, they keep don't bring in, they keep doing fireworks shows at night. They're doing them at midnight. My, one of my customers was there. They were doing fireworks. Well, shows. they're doing tests. Yeah. Right. Sure. And they'll keep doing tests. That's not the point. They're not afraid of the fireworks. They're afraid of the crowd with the fireworks. And I think that they don't want to be the first ones to do a major fireworks show, you know, since virus time. Right. And, but who's going to do it? I understand, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, no, no, I know. I mean, somebody's got, somebody's somebody's got to do it first, but, but Disney's cautious by nature. We know this. I, I think that they're going to be tempted to roll it out for the holidays, especially for, for Epcot because Epcot is going to be so far behind schedule and they're going to need it. Mm-hmm. But that said, you know, they're still going on fairly reduced park hours. Um, the crowd levels are still pretty low. It's n- less imperative for them to keep the parks open later. Um, I could see this being delayed and being used as sort of a um, – a kickoff. I'm I'm starting to starting to see it more the way Tim was, you know, so, something like uh, you know, May, basically at a at a point in time when at least virus or a, a vaccine is starting to trickle out, right? Because it's going to take a while right. until everybody gets it. But you know, by by most of the predictions are that sometime you know May June we should start seeing a, a vaccine. At that point, we'd also, I expect, see some of the capacity restrictions release a little bit. And once the capacity restrictions release a bit, it starts making more sense to do things to keep people hanging around the parks longer. Spending more money. Exactly. So I think I'm actually, believe it or not, I'm going to agree with Tim. (laughs) Hey, you got to agree with him once in a while. (laughs) Put it on the calendar. it's rare. Just ask my wife. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, it's my turn for a, a Disney or a Walt Disney World news or rumor bit. And um, I think I am going to, um, oh gosh, so much going on. Ah, yes. Let's talk about Guardians. So, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind is, you know, the signature attraction of the reimagined Epcot. Um, so much of what they're planning, you know, is built around this supposedly, you know, one of a kind, absolutely amazing coaster. Um, we've all seen the, the, uh, you know, concept video and things of the rotating seats and, all that cool stuff. Um, but the question is, you know, when are they going to be able to open this thing? Because, I mean, opening it for 2021 was the the plan, but it's not just a construction problem when it comes to Cosmic Rewind. The biggest problem with Cosmic Rewind is that 
one of the pieces of fallout from COVID-19 that is the third party piece that the film, the next Guardians of the Galaxy film has been pushed back and the whole plan for a lot of reasons, including budget were to do the actor recordings that are going to be used in, in uh, cosmic rewind during the filming of the next guardians of the galaxy movie. So <laughs> now it's a wild card. Um, so any, anybody want to take a stab at it or do I have to go first since it was my rumor? My rumor, you go first. Yeah, I was gonna say you you dove you dove in the swimming pool with no water. So have fun. <laughs> at least I didn't go ahead first. <laughs> That's right. There's that. Um, all right. Well, look. I think the bottom line is that as much as they want this thing open during 2021, I don't think there's any way to do it. Um, if they if they did, it wouldn't be the ride that they were promising to deliver because. I mean, I feel like they ought to be able to work out ways to get actors to do voice work, right? I mean, it's not like they need, you know, well, you keep thinking it's not like they need live movie scenes, but you know what? We don't know what they're doing with the attraction. Maybe they do. Um, So maybe I shouldn't assume. So with that in mind and the, you know, issues with the production schedule on Guardians 3 and all of that, I'm going to say that Guardians doesn't open until that, that actually Tron leapfrogs it and that Tron opens in, uh, you know, around May of, of, uh, you know, whatever we were saying, Memorial Day weekend 22. Um, I think that, that Guardians doesn't open until October 22 as the signature opening for Epcot's 40th. I can't disagree at all. There's zero chance that ride opens until movie production is 100% back into normal. This ride is supposed to be the, you know, bee's knees or whatever you want to call it. It's this ride has to have the video from the movies to be able to be what it's supposed to be. And, I think that's going to be a really tall show building all the way in the back, you know, the left side of Epcot. That's just going to look like an eyesore for the next year and a half. Oh, they've done a good job of, of blending it into the background. Unless you're looking for it, you don't even see it's there. But, but you know what I mean? Like it's going to stick out now because we all been waiting for it. And now it's just sitting over there. Right. We keep staring at it longingly going, please open. All right. Well, what do you think, Tim? I mean, I, well, it, Willie and I think it's it's going to have to wait for Epcot's 40th in October. I think a lot is going to depend on what actually does need to go. Because, I mean, just the same as the three of us are not sitting in the same room recording. <gasps> no, really? Um, you know, there are ways that actors can actors and directors can get together, you know, and, you know, the actor can you know, speak lines into a, a high-end recording device provided by said studio, and an, and the director can be watching and say, okay, now I want you to try it this way, blah, blah, blah. But if it's movie scenes that need to be uh, incorporated into it, then that is going to really cause the problem. So, because um, they're, 
they're obviously nowhere close to going back to the studios, probably not until sometime early next year at the earliest. So it also depends on where they're recording the videos. If it's done in the United States or if it's done. Yeah, that's yeah. On some other planet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you know, if they're in New Zealand, it's a different. Sure. Sure. But on the other hand, given that it's not the first installation of the movie, I think the actors already kind of have a good idea of the direction, even without a director. So there are possibilities there. I just don't think it will happen. I don't think it'll get pulled together even quite that quickly. I would say I'm going with um, uh, February to April uh, 2023 open for that. Oh, wow. So you're you're saying it pushes all the way to 2023 just because of the delays. Yeah, and you look at this. You look at the track record of, I mean, you, you brought this up before. You look at the track record of, of how well Disney has stayed on their timeline, their announced timeline for opening, you know, big feature attractions. They're always behind. So I, I, I would expect this one to be delayed just to make, like Willie said, to make sure it is the knockout attraction that they want it to be. It has to be because Epcot needs that major draw. Well, they need, uh, people suck. Yes, they right. do. Yeah, they have to have the where can we put three and four hour waits that's not the frozen, you know, meet and greet that they had for a while. Like they need the, and I want to say it differently, they need all families wanting to go to it, not just families with kids for the frozen or to, you know, the other things here and there. You know, they need that people suck, like draw them in fast as you can. Well, and then let's take a look at the the time uh, timeline for the release of the next movie. I mean, that's obviously in, je- in serious jeopardy. And yeah, I mean, maybe I've, can- I've been looking as we're talking of for for any updates to see if there were any because I, I thought I had remembered this and I'm I'm seeing the confirmation. You know, not that long ago, right, beginning of August, uh, James Gunn was flat out saying that there's no delay in the Guardians of the Galaxy shooting schedule. Well, that's interesting. That that would be cool to see a movie with all the actors wearing masks. (laughs) But seriously, if we can, if we can field football teams, doesn't it seem to make sense? We could field a cast and crew. Are we fielding football teams? Fielding mostly football teams. So this is, this is what my, my brother who, who works in, in Hollywood tells me. Um, so the biggest problem is that you can do, you know, small scenes where you've got whatever, two or three actors on a larger stage spread out. The problem isn't the actors. The problem is all of the bodies it takes in that room with them, because to shoot a scene with three actors takes, you know, 25 production people and, you know, they're on top of each other and it's hot and, it's just not conducive to any of the, you know, kind of distancing things you're supposed to do. And, you know, remember that we're going to talk about this more in a little bit, but California is really struggling to get their infection rates down. Right. So I, I see that being a real hindrance for a while. Yeah. For a while yet. Right. That's why I was wondering where, where, where could they move, move that movie to? 
you know? Well, I mean, the, the, the filming itself, um, I'm still looking to see for confirmation. I think it was set to, to be, um, done at Pinewood in, in Atlanta or outside of Atlanta. Which has different rules than California by a long shot. Right. The question is whether the actors are willing to go along. Correct. There's that union. That's right. Gonna step in and say, mm we're not doing that. I'm still scanning, trying to see if I can get any more uh, confirmation of... Uh, Filming, but I'm not finding anything new. Like I said, the last things I'd heard, I want to say that it was supposed to be done at at Pinewood. The only other possible thing that was was doing it in, um, I know they were working on trying to do some shooting in New Zealand because it's easier. They can do location shoots in New Zealand that look um, like, you know, other off planet, right? Because it's unfamiliar. And and so they can find places to shoot that kind of look otherworldly. Well, that's where James Cameron's doing um, Avatar. Yeah. So I mean, you could move a lot of stuff down there if you can get people in. I mean, they're not letting. Well, that's a lot the problem, right? Is New Zealand is open, but it's the it's the the reason they're open is that nobody else gets to come in. Yeah, I mean, IMDb is still calling it in pre-production, so it can't be. It won't be out for at least two to three years minimum. I mean, August came and went, and they're not filming. Right. right. Like September came and went, and heck, we're we're October twentieth right now. It's come and gone. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I don't want to dwell on this for too long. It's it's going to be an ongoing issue, and and this is one of the challenges of integrating the film world, you know, so directly and so. Um, you know, quickly, frankly, uh, with the theme park world. Right. I mean, you, when you start bringing two different worlds into one world, it becomes a real challenge because, you know, if you don't have the movie, you don't have the ride. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think we're all in agree, you know, we all agree that it's going to be later than it hoped probably sometime in, in 2022. Although Tim seems to be of the mind that we're talking, you know, maybe holidays, 2023. So that'll be interesting. We'll have to wait and see. I think that the, the anniversary celebration folks will be distinctly unhappy (laughs) if the thing doesn't get open within a year of October 1, 2021. This will be a fun episode to go back and listen to because, you know, you never know when you're wrong. You never know when you're right. Yeah, exactly. They might just yell at us more than we should be yelled at. (laughs) Hey, we've always said we'll take our lumps if we're wrong. That's right. I've been been wrong a lot more than I've been right. (laughs) All right, well – you know, Willie, do you have any other uh, uh, news or, or rumors that are maybe Epcot related that uh, you wanted to chat about? I would love to talk about Ratatouille for a little bit. Um, it was supposed to open, and I don't see it opening in 2020 at all. And from what I'm seeing, the ride's ready, but they don't want the mass gatherings again. Like we've gone over a couple times now. 
Okay. So, so expand on that a little bit. Um, you know, what, what is it that you think is going to have to happen? I, I think it needs to, park capacity needs to increase. Safety needs to be there. And I also think that overall the ride is ready, but they don't want to do a press release with 25% or less of the people allowed in the park total. Like there's no way you can open a ride that's been talked about for so long coming over from France. And all of a sudden you can't ride it at all. Like it's just not, it's, it's, they already did that with Guardians. Um, I'm sorry, with um, Rise of the Resistance. Half the people don't get to ride every day. We we can't have a second ride like that. Okay, except that I think that's exactly why they're going to get it open as soon as they can. Because one of the reasons that there's such an an over focus on Rise is that there's really very little right now to pull people into Epcot. Um, you know, it's it's too far on the front end of its reimagination. And because the new stuff hasn't opened, there's nothing to pull people next door. Um, and, and there's nothing to bring you into Epcot right now, unless you like construction walls. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, or, or food and wine type stuff, but right. I mean, if you're there to drink and, and have food and everything, great. And I love all that. Yeah, so. yeah. But if you're there for attractions, then Epcot isn't the place to go right now. Right. Um, and and I think that that's a big reason why they're going to have to get uh, Remy open sooner, um, just because they they have to do something to to provide a magnet to pull people away from Hollywood Studios. And right now, there's just nothing there. And it seems like Ratatouille is like ready to go. Um, I was just seeing, you know, a couple of weeks ago they were even putting up signage, which is one of the last things they usually do. Um, like the, but didn't they cover some of the signage now? Well, yeah, they, but they, you know, I mean, just because they don't want people queuing up. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. but, but the signs went up like two weeks ago. But I just can't see. We're getting ready to go into peak travel season for the first time since March, early March, you know, with Thanksgiving and things like that. I mean, if you look at the crowd calendar and park you know, capacity, there's days where you can't get Hollywood studios at all. Oh, I, I understand that. I agree. Get Magic Kingdom. So. Well, my thinking is that, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to. So, off a little. well, I mean, there's, there's been some speculation that, you know, they would push it and try to wait, wait and use it sort of, you know, to kick off the the anniversary celebration so you know wait till october 2021 right and and use that to kick off then i don't think they can wait that long it's um, too far away yeah it's too far away and it's too too long for people to wait for something significant to open at epcot um so my prediction is that they open it i i will agree i, I think they're going to hold it and not open it this year but i would think i would say watch for it to open maybe middle of February, right? So that they open it again, open it during a slow season, give people an excuse to come to the parks during a time when, you know, they haven't, they, they aren't necessarily coming because here's the thing. It's part of the budget math, right? If you can, 
the excuse for putting the money into the attraction to get it ready to run is that it's going to bring more bodies into the park at a time when they weren't going to be there already. And for the holiday season, if the if the parks are showing no capacity anyway, there's nothing to gain by opening it. Right. And that's 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 very true because if you get people to come in February or early March of next year and then you get them to come back in October, you're getting a double dip on your customers and that's what they're looking for because they've lost a year of double dip customers. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, well, and, and I think that, that to some extent it's a balancing act of, you know, they can invest the money to have the attraction and the area around it ready, or they're going to end up spending that same money on discounts to get people to show up. And at least there's upside when it's money that they invest in the attraction, right? Because it's, it's, uh, you know, it amortizes, it gets used up. The money that they spend on promotional pricing, it sort of, you know, it's ongoing and they, they just finished or just really started effectively weaning guests off of promotions. Yeah. Waiting for the promotion to book. And, they, I think that they're going to fight really hard to to avoid getting back on that hamster wheel. But they're back on it already. But the drive market. Oh, I understand they are, and and they are. You know, we have our first. Um, you know, we will get. I'm sure a, a general public offer as well. I mean, we do have one. It's not a very generous one, but there's right, a general right, public right. offer. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that the point is that there's always going to be some offer out there. The question is how big of an offer it has to be. And, you know, let's not forget coming out of nine 11, you know, they were offering 35 and 40% off on deluxe resort rooms. Oh, they were giving away stuff. And you know, we're, we're, they will stand on their heads to avoid getting back to that. To go to that. Well, it's also just like, um, what was it? Oh, six Oh seven. When they were giving away the free dining that had, Every meal that you, you literally. Right, right. It was essentially free deluxe dining. Right. Yeah. I mean, we couldn't eat it all and I'm a big boy. (laughs) (laughs) And you can eat. And I can eat when I find what I like. (laughs) All right. So I think it's going to be, you know, coming back in the lull time in sort of early February, Um, you know, Willie was predicting a, a, They'd hold it longer, um, and maybe wait for it till capacity was bigger. What do you think, Tim? Who's right? Well, I, I, I tell you, um, I, I, I don't know this because I've not been to Epcot uh, since January, but my understanding is that they're either testing the fountain in front of the Ratatouille ride or it's open. Um, I think uh, you're probably right. They, they delay across the holiday season just because, you know, holiday season's already going to be busy enough uh and probably at least do a soft open in february just i mean the ratatouille is not a new ip so um i don't see any real benefit of waiting for any particular occasion but i think it's closer to being ready to go than what anybody thinks all right um so i don't think it's not ready <laughs> he just I thinks think they the won't use it yet done i think they don't want to open it and I think they're pushing it off 
because they want to have the grand reopening like they did with Toy Story Land and with um, Galaxy's Edge, and they can't do that right now. But I think that's probably where the um, uh, increase in construction efforts and budget at Epcot come in. Um, they want to. They want that part to be done for them, the Epcot 40th. Well, and, and there's an interesting point too, Tim, in that you know they still have construction that has to get done in Epcot, and if I'm the, I mean, because look, we got to be honest that the the parks each have their own executives who are responsible for that park's budget, and. You know, the exec in charge of Epcot has got to be chomping at the bit to get Ratatouille open because he needs something to pull people into that park to spend money. It's all about, it's like we said before, it's all about dollars. It's all about the return on investment. Get them in there. Right. And I think that part of the issue is that he, he he's going to be pushing or she, I forget who's in charge of Epcot these days, but whoever it is, has got to be pushing hard to get it open and maybe even particular during a slower time only because they need to have some positive cash flow to show so that they can make sure that the rest of this construction gets to continue to happen. Um, because the last thing they want is a budget related delay, which, you know, once something gets delayed at this point, who knows when you're going to get to start up again. Or if, and they can't wait on me to come back to La Cava and spend money. So you know, that's just how it is. <laughs> get on with it. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, if you notice, they're focusing everything at Epcot right now around food and wine. They're not focusing on anything else. It's all about food and quick service. Oh, yes. But, again, all the more reason to get Ratatouille open. What is it? Because I think what it is is about keeping the focus on on uh, World Showcase because they've got so much construction to be doing in Future World. And the, yeah, the, well – for, formerly known as Future World, right? right? I don't think they even call it that anymore. Well, it's in the future that it'll be a new world. There you go. <laughs> festival. What is it? Some festival. Whatever. All right. Uh, so, Tim, do you have another uh, bit of news or rumor you'd like to throw into the mix? Sure. Well, let's let's run with it. Um, the new uh, Star Wars theme hotel is also going to be pushed back by a year. Simply no. because of all the rest of the budget concerns, um, difficulty with third parties, you know, all the, all the reasons that we've already mentioned, I think it's going to get pushed back an entire year. Okay, so what does that mean? You think it's going to open when? Uh, when was it scheduled? Was it, was it scheduled for 2021? Well, yes. the, loosely, it was scheduled to open at some point, you know, between October and the end of 2021. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so um, if it if it possibly debuts for Food and Wine Festival 2022, I, I would be surprised, but pleasantly. Okay, so you're thinking sometime around August, September 2022. Yep, I'm pessimistic. Okay. Willie, you think he's right? Nope, not at all. I think this thing is going to open as soon as they can. And I know it's not going to open next year because it's just so far. But I see a early April, mid-May at the latest. This thing has gold mine written all over it. It has anyone and everyone that's ever dreamed of doing things here. Unlimited budget. These 
fans are going to die for the two and three day experience. Well, you may be right, but remember, it's a lot like a cruise ship. It's it's totally uh, all immersive. Totally immersive. You're not seeing anybody else. You're you're stuck with these people for this amount of time. So um, I think you have a lot of COVID uh, complications that you have to take into consideration. Well, you, you have some complications, but you also have some simplification because since it, since you know exactly who's there and you don't have any outsiders in the hotel, right? Right. There's you, no wanderers. You've got easy contact tracing. Now, the problem is you're going to take these people out into the park, right? And then everything goes to heck. But, right. um, you know, I, I mean, I'm not as worried about that. It's a small hotel. You know, the capacity of the hotel is is very small compared to most of the hotels that Disney has open right now. Um I'm sort of, you know, probably going to try and, and figure out a way to split the difference here because I think they want this open as soon as they can. Um, and I know that they've pushed it and are getting, you know, everything I hear is that, you know, they've been more aggressive about continuing construction there than anywhere else on any other project. Um, I see it as a cash cow. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. That, that's a big piece of it. And um, I don't see how. It's one of those business opportunities where put three things aside so we can put seven things into this to get this thing open. Because once they have the green light, that thing is going to it's it's going to be so green it's going to be disgusting. Okay, so I don't know how many of you also listen to um, uh, Jim Hill and, and Lentesta, um, but uh, it was not that long ago, maybe about gosh, about a month ago, um, that uh, they had stumbled on a couple of new patents that Disney had filed for um, autonomous uh, robots. Basically, robots that could wander around among humans um, because the tech that, that they were patenting was involved detection of humans and avoiding hitting them. Do they serve you the drink of the day? <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's the question is exactly how they use it. It's pretty clear that, that they're intended because of the way the, and I don't remember the exact wording, but because of the wording on the patent, it was pretty clear they were intended for use in the, in the new hotel. Um, I, I'm almost thinking that, uh, you know, they may use them as like check-in concierges. Interesting. And people would go ballistic for that. Like you check into a robot, you, they take the robot takes you to your room. You know, I mean that yeah. is oh yeah. You know, checks it, it, the, the robot has its own little you know tablet right. built in. You sign yourself Hello, in, Mister Hicks. Let's it's head helpful. to your yep. room. Right, right. Or, it or scans or your band and recognizes your, you and knows where you're supposed yeah. to go. Yeah, it'll be cool as all get out, but is it doable in this amount of time? Uh, yeah, and that's that's the question. I, I think, frankly, that the hotel part isn't even the the hard part right now. Um, it's these sort of little ancillary connective tissue pieces like the transportation that's supposed to take you back and forth between the hotel and Hollywood Studios and, you know, some of those kinds of details that maybe aren't quite worked out yet. Because from Hopefully what I understand, it's not a trackless ride because we know that doesn't work too well. <laughs> well, <laughs> actually, along similar lines, though, I mean, they've gone back and forth about 
a you know some form of of you know driverless vehicle or automated vehicle that takes people back and forth and it was a big deal initially that they were going to have one and then they weren't going to do it and then the more recently we've heard maybe they are after all um you know don't write it off so um well i mean if you're paying two thousand bucks a night you better have your mind blown right like well, but here, here's where it comes, what it comes down to. And, and frankly, I think it may have an impact on the opening date. If, if your way of doing this autonomous vehicle piece, right, is kind of like, I don't know if you've seen them. Um, there are a few airports that have these like moving skyway things that they use to move. Um, they don't put, put passengers in them anymore, I don't think, but they use them to get like crew moved around from one plane to another. And there are these huge, it's, it's like a, um, it's almost like seeing a, a shipping container up on stilts get wheeled from one place to another. Right. So it wouldn't take much to do something that had that sort of, you know, industrial look and the technology is already out there to, to move people back and forth between the hotel and, and the um, park. But the problem is it's bus like, so you have capacity issues. Now, the harder logistic problem is smaller driverless vehicles, right? That take a party of up to six. And I, I know that at one time, those were part of the blue sky plan for transportation all over Walt Disney World was, you know, these six to eight passenger uh Autonomous vehicles or, dr- or driverless vehicles. Dri- driverless vehicles, yeah. Yeah. They had the plans going and mm-hmm. everything else, the road with the white line and everything. Yep, yep. And that, that fell by the wayside. The tech wasn't ready. Um, you know, the question is, is the tech ready now? Because there's been a lot of work in that field. And I could see there being a lot of interest in pushing that direction because, you know, the amount of people you can get from the hotel to, to Hollywood studios in groups of six, especially when you know that everybody staying in that hotel is staying in groups of four, right. Or maximum five, because it's a, the cruise model. Right? right. Right. You know, you can get a lot more people in a lot less time move from one place to another without having to worry about the social distancing issues. If they're in individual vehicles. And if they don't have a driver, that's one less person to be around. That's and right. one less yeah. person to test and one less and one less person exposure. to pay and one less. Yep, yep. So I, I think this one's a really hard one to pick because of that. Um I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna call it this way. I'm gonna say that they have the thing soft opened for the fiftieth kickoff. Because that allows them to use the hotel as a centerpiece for whatever TV special they do, right? Celebrating the 50th. And they can take people live to, you know, the galactic cruiser. Well, all you can think about is like ABC and The View and all those shows that are just waiting to be at the Star Wars hotel for everything. You know, that's true. I mean, like, that's just, I mean, they're just waiting for that to happen. Because how many times did, 
was it the view or the chew i don't remember which show it's the view that would do it from live from animal kingdom for a week yeah a week at animal kingdom so yeah so that's my bet my bet is that they that they you know like i said i I don't think they're going to be at full capacity yet but i think that they do at least a soft open for the 50th anniversary celebration kickoff because it's such a natural place to have be the home base of the, you know, celebration television special. Well, you think about it. I mean, travel channel is going to be, everybody and their dog is going to be there. Yep. And that happens. Everybody. And so it, it, it better be like, be. like you said, Willie, it better be overwhelming. It, right. I mean, it has to blow yeah. your mind. And it draws people's attention away from all the stuff that's not ready because they're going to be so busy talking about Galactic Star Cruiser that they're not going to be wasting the time talking about about Tron and And Guardians Delay and, and, and. And, and, and. Mm -hmm. That's my guess. Well, I hope you're right, personally. Me too. I'd love to sell some of those rooms. Oh yeah, I was gonna say. And if you're listening to this, and, and you right. want to get in on it, get in yeah. touch with me. Yeah, I, we'll get you on that. We'll get you on that list of, uh, you know, you, you give us the go ahead in advance to go ahead and right. get you booked. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, as soon as it comes online, we're on it. All right. Um, probably have time for to, for one or two more. Maybe we let's head to to the West Coast. You know, it's such a difficult situation out there. Disneyland um, still in kind of no man's land on the news front. Um, you know, we, at least we got some guidance finally from the state of California about theme park reopening. Um, the frustration on Disney's end is that the gating criteria that were announced are such that, frankly, you know, Disneyland could be a year away from opening. Um, you know, at a, at a minimum, you know, cause, because in order to, to move right now, um, Orange County where Disneyland is located is like two steps beyond where it has to be on their gating criteria chart, uh, before they can open even at limited capacity at 25% capacity. And in order to move down two notches, I believe it takes something like a minimum of six weeks because they have zero chance of opening this year. Yeah. I mean, they'd have to see six weeks of continually declining. I mean, I hate to say it this way. They would have to fake their numbers to be able to open. Like you would have to have a zero. Like, you know, remember when we were in school and the teacher always said, you can't afford a zero. Yeah. This is the only way you could afford a zero. Well, in this case, it's the other way. You can't afford a one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like you have to, the the numbers are too, you know, astounding that like yeah. it's, there's so many, you know, people that live there that meeting those guidelines are almost impossible in 12 weeks. I mean, 12 weeks from now, ho, 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 and Hanukkah Harry are here. Well, right. That's, that's the biggest thing is that it's easy to, to lose track of the fact that we're already, you know, into the last third of October and yeah. the end of the year ain't very far away now. We're 11 weeks away from the end of the year. 
You know, and if, if six weeks is an absolute minimum, just because that amount of time has to pass because, you know, like that's the length of time they're tracking, right? It, it means that there's, there's a total of, of five weeks at the end of the year to play with. And every week that goes by, we lose one of those weeks at the end of the year. So well, the other thing is we have, we have holidays coming up. We have Halloween, we have Thanksgiving, we have Christmas. People aren't going to stop doing what they're doing to no. stop the spread. So it's like, I have to go to grandma's for Thanksgiving. Well, no. I got to make it. My kids got a trick or treat because Merca. Exactly. Yeah. So there's the challenge. Um, I think that I have to agree. Um, you know, at the earliest, I think we might see, you know, Disneyland on, on maybe a Hong Kong type schedule where they're opening, you know, five days a week, uh, you know, maybe after the first of the year. And frankly, I think that's only happening if California revises their, their, uh, criteria. I could honestly see Disneyland closed for longer than one year. Really? March is not that far away. That's true. And if you go off there, if you go off California's numbers, it, it's not easy. I mean, like what they have 34 million people that live in the state. Well, right. And, but but the, the criteria are percentage based. It's not case count based. Right. Right. But I mean, the minute Christmas and Thanksgiving come, I, I don't. I I maybe I'm a doomsdayer, but I, I don't see people staying home. Right. No, I mean I hear what you're saying there, and I, I really can't disagree. I mean I think. I, then you got six the more weeks concern. after Christmas. Six more weeks after Christmas is essentially Valentine's Day yeah. or President's Day weekend, which now you're you're just almost to March. Right. And you have it. I mean, you haven't even. I guess that's true. Gosh, it. we are. You know. And and right now we're we're riding what appears to be the third wave of the virus in the U.S. And the flip side is that if you get to March and you're still closed, and the word is that you know they'll be distributing vaccine in May. We'll just you, open in August. Right. Do you, Do you bother to open in March? No, at twenty five percent capacity. No way. You wait till Probably. August or September. Yeah. Get the vaccine distributed. Let enough people get it, get a hold of it, get it in their systems. Then you can think about it, right? But in Ca- especially in California, I just don't see it. No. Okay. I mean, Newsom Newsom is more strict than other states, right? And good for him. That's his state. He was elected. That's his job. Yep. Well, it'll be interesting. Um, I mean, <laughs> they've got an election coming up here uh, in a you know less than a month too. Yeah, a couple of weeks. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see whether there's any sort of reaction based on election results, uh, you know, to the way they handle their gating criteria. Um, But I think that we all agree uh, it's going to be a while for Disneyland. Um, And so just for the heck of it, let's play the game and see – What's the earliest you think that Disneyland reopens? Um, Tim, get us started. Earliest, I think, and this is going to coincide with a lot of things I've mentioned tonight, is Memorial Day next year. Okay. So Tim's got it 
May of 2021. It does. Beginning of summer. Right. What do you think, Willie? I can't disagree with Tim. Um, I don't see them opening any time sooner than that, just because it's just too hard when you live in, when they're based in that area of the country. There's so many people. They're so, they're, they're on top of each other. Like yeah. it's not middle of Montana where, you know, you can spread out for 70 miles at a time. I mean, there's nowhere to go. I would. I hope they're open by. Okay. Well, let me let me May. offer you a bit of a flip side, and yeah, that is please. that is that the weather there, especially in in Orange County in Southern California, is such that when the you know population centers oh, in the again. the north and east coast are forced indoors in November, December, January, February, right? They can still have all the windows in the schools open, all the you know, windows at home open, open air circulation. You can open restaurants and eat outside, you know, in ways that you simply can't, right, around here or where you guys live. So I think that may help balance things a little bit, right? They they get a bit of a reprieve on that end of things. Um I'm going to be moderately aggressive here and say that they actually begin opening at limited capacity in like beginning of March. So in time for spring break, that's what you're saying in time for spring break, but at limited capacity. So they're still not going to be dealing with spring break crowds, but they're open so that locals who are off for spring break can go to the parks. We'll see. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if they they used, um, you know, if they limited uh, admission to people who lived within a certain radius, um, because that's part of what they've done in in Asia, right? Is um, they've they've allowed only Hong Kong, I think, in particular, um, you you had to be from one of you know, a limited number of, of locations um, in order to be eligible to go. I really hope that happens because, I mean, Disneyland needs to reopen. I don't think it can safely open to this day exactly how some people want it to, but I no. mean... And, and, and- I will say, and I've said this all along, you know, Disneyland is a much bigger challenge to open under these restrictions than Walt Disney World was because of what we've always said about the difference between Walt Disney World and Disneyland. They just don't have the extra space at Disneyland. Attractions right. are on you top of one another. In the parks. <laughs> well, 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 yeah, and, and downtown Disney is smashed right in between them, you know just a little bit north of it, but still, you know, that's what you got to work with. Right. And I'm talking about things and, you know, you, we've seen, right. As, as the capacity at magic kingdom goes up, you know, the, the socially distanced line at haunted mansion, you know, runs to Adventureland. Well, you can't do that at Disneyland there. You know, you've got attractions. I mean, all of Fantasyland attractions are like five steps apart. You can't socially distance from, from, you know, Alice in Wonderland to Pinocchio, let alone 
across the whole park. I mean, I don't know. What do you do? Do you do you close half of Fantasyland because you can't socially distance and allow people entrance to both attractions that are side by side? You just uh, you can only accomplish it through limiting you know limiting the number of people that are allowed to enter. Uh, and if you need to like uh, control that by sections, then you do. I mean, I can't imagine the the. It used to be California Screaming. It's now the oh, Elastic Coaster. Incredible. You could see, I could see that line going all around the wharf and all the way out the entrance. That's if, the if, problem. I mean, a, how are you going to do anything out there compared to Disney World? Because where are you going to put the people? And ninety-nine percent of the people that walk in that park are annual pass holders, so they're not making any money on the tickets. Right, they've already made it. Right. Uh, that's a that's a very tough thing to do. Yeah. So you know, like I said, I, I'm going to be a little optimistic and and say they they get you know a limited opening you know in in the early spring, but I, I think that it's going to be extremely limited. That it's going to probably have geographic limitations on who's eligible to go. Um, I could even see them limiting it to pass holders because they feel like they owe it to the pass holders who already paid them. Um, right. But, um, you know, I, I think to some extent there's going to be a lot of pressure on their end not to be completely shut down for a year. I could also see just because of the optics of that. Yeah. I could also see him limiting it to uh, only people who are staying on property. You know, they could, they could. Um, but that's going to be hard on your pass holders. If it's hard on the pass, pass holders, but right. but it allows them if they want to be strict about things and careful about things, it gives them the ability to do contact tracing mm-hmm. in ways that you can't that. if you have outsiders in the parks. Right. Good point. Very true. So it'll be interesting. Um, all right. Well, you know, you all have heard our opinions on these things. We love feedback. We want to hear what you think. Are we just that, you know what, crazy? Do we have no clue what we're talking about? Let us know. Um, tell us what it is that we got wrong. And and maybe, you know, pat us on the back if you think we got something right. You can contact us individually. You can reach out to uh, Tim by emailing him at... Tim dot Hicks. I don't Fantastic memories travel. I know that's long, but you can do it. Fantastic memories travel. I don't play that. Or thing, you could email Willie personally at Willie W I L L I E at wickedmousetravel.com. I don't and if you've got congratulations for us, you want to tell us all the things we got right, you can email Aaron A-A-R-O-N at mousemastertravel.com. Uh, it would also be a big help if uh, you're enjoying the experience if you could take a minute and review the show from you know whatever platform it is that you get a chance to, to listen on uh, whether it's Apple Podcasts Google, Stitcher Radio from um, you know just right there on Facebook on our Facebook page rate and review the show and, and it would be a big help it helps other people find the show and join in the fun and we really appreciate it. Uh, so until next time, I've been your host, Aaron Rittmaster, with my somewhat trusty co-hosts, Tim Hicks. <laughs> we'll see you real soon. 
so he says, and Willie Crocker. Have a wicked wild night. I don't play a damn thing, man. Tim. Mm-hmm.